Hi, this is Nick Dawson, the editor-in-chief of TalkHouse Film, and you're listening to the TalkHouse Film Podcast. The fact that this episode of the podcast is making it out into the world is, well, something of a miracle, given the circumstances surrounding its recording. When I was digging around for ideas on someone to talk with Gaspar Noe about his great new film, the pornographic 3D romance Love, regular TalkHouse Film contributor Jim Hemphill suggested Abel Ferrara. Two of contemporary cinema's most controversial, boundary-pushing directors in conversation? Why the hell not? And everything went smoothly, really, until the time of the talk itself. Then it transpired that Abel hadn't been able to watch the viewing link for love he'd been sent. An impatient Uber driver left without picking up Gaspar, meaning he was now running late. We were recording the conversation on both Skype and a landline, but the Skype sound quality was dreadful, and the phone call got disconnected not once, but twice. At one point, there was a power surge in the room, and a bunch of lights went off, replaced by a low, persistent buzzing noise. It was one of those days. But, mercifully, Noe and Ferrara prevailed over technological gremlins and an angry universe, managing to have a highly entertaining conversation despite the fact they couldn't always hear each other. So, settle in now for Gaspar and Abel talking about having their movies banned, censorship, what's sexy in Saudi Arabia, the connections between love and Ferrara's first film, Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy, porn's rightful place on the big screen, their mutual hero, Pier Paolo Pasolini, and much more. Hey, Abel. All right, Gaspar, rock out, bro. Get me going. I was saying I'm happy you didn't see the movie on, on your computer because it's in 3D and it looks so much better on the big screen. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't have the glasses, yeah. <laughs> number oh. one. So. How long are you staying in Italy? You got to wear those glasses, right? What? How long are you going to be staying in Italy? You live there? I'm in Italy. I've been here for like a year and a half, you know what I mean? I just had a baby, dude. I just had a, a little girl. So, are you fleeing with Italian? You got that? <laughs> you understand that? I got a new girl and a new daughter. Wow. And do you have an Italian passport? No, not an Italian passport. I have one, I'm but I don't speak Italian. Are you kidding? Well, you know, <laughs> non parlo italiano, non, non po, pochissimo, non parlo parlo niente. So, no, you don't speak Italian. All right. Hey, you know what? So, I, what are you doing in Brooklyn? I, I'm living. You know, I've been. I came to shoot Pasolini, and I'm staying here. I'm yeah. here. I'm yeah. like married, got a, a daughter, and I'm working on a. Um, I'm doing a film about Padre Pio. About who? On top of um, I'm, you know who Padre Pio is? The the other Papa. Um, Il Papa Pio. Yeah, the monk that had. Yeah, 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 yeah. The monk. No, no, he was. He's not the pope. He's. He, he was a, um, a, um, cappuccino monk that had stigmata uh, during the you know early part. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? He's like kind of the patron saint of Italy. Uh, anyway, so we're shooting a documentary now, and we're starting to shoot that. And I'm working on a film with um, another film with Willem. That's kind of a. Um, have you done documentaries already? Well, it's nothing. The what? Have you done documentaries already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did uh, New Rose Hotel. We did um, Napoli, Napoli. I did a film about Mulberry Street. Hmm. So, yeah. Have you done it? Have you tried it? Uh, I did a short film about guys dying of AIDS in Africa. And uh, actually, I shot so much footage that I also edited a longer version. And uh, probably right. I'm going to release it soon. About yeah, guys, right? About guys. It's called AIDS, and it's... Uh, about guys who were in Africa. Just four guys who got infected by women and uh, who were dying of AIDS, so I was just re filming them 
uh, explain which country? From which uh, country? Burkina Faso. And that's the, only, the, only time I, the only time I've ever been to Black Africa, and uh, actually I really would like to go to shoot another, another movie there one day. So we're the, yeah, the relationship. Right. You, you know, my guy, you know, um, Jean Savoy, you know, uh, Jean Stefan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you saw. Um, yeah, I saw, yeah, you saw. Uh, I, I saw um, that movie he did with the, the, the young kids. Yeah, what's the name uh, of that the, film? Um, um, yeah, that Johnny was Maddog, cool. Johnny Maddog, it's very good. Yeah, Johnny Maddog, that was a cool film. Yeah. You guys should see it. If you listen, anybody listening to this, Google that up. <laughs> I don't know where you see from. I don't know if Netflix might be. So, what are you doing in Brooklyn? Are you, what's, no, what's up? I'm, uh, no, no, I'm just sort of promoting the movie. No, well, well, as the movie's released here and rated, the, um, they brought me to do press and Q&As like you do for every movie you do. Uh, Alchemy. I think that the company used to be called Millennium. They changed the name. And now they're buying all these like art movies. For, oh, they're, they're very cool. And hopefully in America yeah. you have this, uh, it's at the um, Angelica and at the Village East. Hi, right. cool, cool. When does it open? No, they, they, they're, playing, they're playing it in that theater that looks like a synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> have you been there? Is it, it seems it used to be a synagogue, they rearranged, they put seats inside, but you have a, the Star of David on, on the ceiling, it's kind of weird. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't so, how's New York doing? Uh, you, fine, fine, fine. You enjoy it there? Fine. Yeah. It changes. Are you going to go I, I, around the country? Are you going to go around the country? Or are you just it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's been uh, yeah, it's been released in many countries in Europe. It hasn't been bought for Italy and Spain yet, but it was even released in Ukraine, and it was banned in Russia for being too explicit. Yeah. Well. No. <laughs> I would not go to Moscow. It's not a big. Not a big pain. That's not, not, not one of your places, right? So how's life in Paris? Yeah. When are you coming back? To Paris? Yeah. Any co-production? Yeah, I got to go to court. I got to go. I got no, I got to go back to Paris to court, okay? I'm, there's like an inquiry on the Strauss-Kahn that, that Dominique is having yeah. that I have to answer to the judge about, yeah. okay? Yeah. I heard the guy move. How do you like uh, that one? I, I read that the guy that just can move to Morocco now. Did he? Well, that's what he's from. Well, yeah, that's well he's st there's still, you know, but but I got to go to court in France over this. Yeah. So, that, you know, it's like, uh, it's, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know what? The, the, the other day, because in my movie, at a point, you see a dick, of course. Uh, because it's a sexual movie, and then I was saying, but I don't understand why in American movies you never see the penis of the actor. It's just a part of the body. Uh, you should see it as you can watch the the hands. And said, oh, there are a few movies in which you can see the the penis of the actor. So just tell me some names. And the two persons around me just said, bad lieutenant. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, go it's, see Nine Lives. I mean, I made it, I made it. You know, yeah, it's, it's kind of... Um, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. It's a cultural deal. I mean, you know, they have all these sexy movies, but you want to see, you know, you want to see the fucking real deal. You know, did you ever read um, Norman Mailer's review of Last Tango in Paris? Yeah. yeah but no. So we got it. down to it, and he's yeah. saying, you know, it's all this, this sexuality, but where's the fucking guy's dick, man? You know, you want to see this fucking guy jamming a bitch. You don't want to see the fucking, you know. Yeah. You know, like they, they skirt the issue to, to do it. You know, you want to see fucking sex, kill, let it rock, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm with you, you know. But 
it's this is a big uh, taboo, right? Yeah, I mean, man, what's a pro- and how was your film? And your, and your yeah, film, the, 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 how, the how they, how they, how did you how react? They, how they relate to it? And it's, yeah, what's the react? What's the press reaction? Now, there the press is very beginning. good, very bad. But they're always in every single article, good or bad, they're talking about the visible winnies and say, what's the what's the issue? Like it's a. They don't talk about the hands of the actors. To make a movie about love, did you know the press should not even talk about that? Well, the issue is that the film is not even about love. The issue is that the press should not even focus on that detail. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, that's, 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 you know, that's the forbidden, you know, fruit, bro. That's the, you know, that's the other side of it. But that's, um, but I mean, they're talking about it because you can't see it in a movie theater, right? There's no movie theaters showing porno films anymore. Yeah. I mean, all the porno is online, right? Yeah, I don't even, I haven't checked for a while. I used to like it. You know, big, you I, know when I used I to like those things on a big screen. Gaspar, yeah, when I started making films, the top, you know, the top 10 of the top 50 films were all porno films. Yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the I mean, everybody, Jones, New York was all. Good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was the whole, you know, humongous industry. I mean, they made Deep Throat. They made Debbie Does Dallas. Okay, Deep Throat, they made it for what? I don't know, 50 grand? They made $70 million. Okay. And then the guys that made my first films, Driller Killer and Miss 45, they made a film called Debbie Does Dallas. Okay. And they made it for $35,000. And the film made $35 million. Yeah. Okay, and but it made thirty-five million. Where they owned half the theaters it played in, and like they got all like cash back, and then and, and um, you know, so it was a whole industry that was all in the theaters. I mean, it wasn't in the uh, you know, yeah. there was no video back. But but it was the same in France. Where, when porn started being released in big theaters, the, it was all over the city. There were like the, the Champs Elysees was uh, mostly yeah. uh, movie theaters playing porn movies, and then then they. Added all these ratings and and censoring laws that that, that killed the that killed the mood. But anyway, yeah, well, but, I mean, well, it's not that. I mean, yeah. By the way, I, I saw once a, a French guy had a copy of the first movie you made, and I really enjoyed it, especially that you played in the movie yourself, the father of the two daughters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's me rock and rolling the nine lives. Yeah, what this cat? What did you ever release on DVD or not? Because the I, had a, a v, I, I just had a VHS, it was a copy of a VHS, of another VHS, but was it ever right. released yeah. on, on, on DVD or something like that? No. Well, you know what happens with a film like that, bro? They, hmm. they, they'd be a 35 millimeter print, right? Yeah. And they'd send the print out to this kind of, of like the track of porn. You know, it started in New York, but hmm. then it would go to Philadelphia, and then it would go to Baltimore, and then it would go to Raleigh, North Carolina. And then it would go to some drive-in somewhere. And every time the movie played in these places, the projectionist would like take the best scene of the film and just clip it out of the movie and keep yeah. it. So at the end, the movie's twenty minutes long. They can send the movie back. Yeah. Okay. So by the time the film got back to New York, naturally they didn't take out the shitty scenes. They took out the best scenes. <laughs> So I don't even know if there is a version of that film that, right. you know, I mean, it wasn't like we're keeping track of that in the neck, but, um, you know, but it was one of these deals, you know, I got roped into doing that because, I mean, not roped into it. I mean, we, we were doing the film and then we hired the actor, right? The, the girls were all kind of girlfriends of ours. Mm-hmm. We didn't use like professional actresses. Right. They were like, like go to the dancers. Wait a second, because the sound got disconnected. I did not get the last two sentences.
Ugh, well, at this point, we wearily gave up on the landline, turned on video Skype so Gaspar and Abel could now see as well as kind of hear each other, and prayed there would be no further obstacles. Gaspar! Hey! Yeah, there you are, you homeboy! You nigga, what's going on, dog? What's going hey. on, my man? So, Can hey! Can you see me? I, I see your... Ah, uh, no, no, I see you moving here. Uh, yeah, I see you, yeah. It's all blurry, but I see you. Right. It looks much better. Yeah. So, what are you hey. talking about? So, hey, we were talking about your movie and how it was shortened in every city, and at the end, maybe the your first feature turned into, into a short. Yeah, exactly. So you can imagine these projectionists cutting out the best piece of every film and mm. putting it on a reel. I would love to see that movie. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the, the movie that is the, the best scene from every porno film that comes mm. through Raleigh, North Carolina, you know? But, um, but, so, but you my... know, I'm suited to the scenes. But, you know, the, the, the odd thing about me being in it was um, we were... Um, you know, we used basically our girlfriends. They were kind of go-go dancers. You know, they weren't, but they weren't X-rated chicks. And then we hired like a professional dude, right? And we had to pay him all the money in the budget. Like these guys got like three hundred dollars a day. Yeah. And the guy came and he couldn't get it up. <laughs> Can you believe this? Like we had so, a no-budget film. Yeah, we had a no-budget film. We're giving a guy three hundred bucks to fuck our girlfriends, and the guy couldn't even get it up. So, so you, know, you had to play like, the part. You were well, the only. You could play the part for free. This, this. There, was, there was me, the writer, the cameraman, and everybody, and we like kind of drew straws. Like one of us five, whoever lost, and I lost. So that was that was the, the, the beginning of Jimmy Lane. The, the truth is that that was my favorite scene of the movie, but you looked too young to be their father. Well, that's because you knew me, but. Anyway. <laughs> But I like it anyway. It, it, it's crazy. But yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna shoot the, you know, looks, you know, I don't know how you do it without doing it, you know, because these are all false censorship, dude. You know what I mean? In other words, okay, you can't shoot a guy's dick. You can't shoot them fuck. You can't shoot a hard on. You can't. You start putting this in there. We're working from like, you know, telling Van Gogh we can't use blue, green, and yellow. You dig what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like in the beginning, when the ex, you know, we would shoot a film like that. It's balls to wall, bro. It's anything goes. Even something like the Driller Killer, you know? And then all of a sudden, there's like the MPAA rating, and I'm being told I can't do this, and, you know, I, I know just how much blood I could show and how much I can't. But then I'm realizing I'm being censored before my, my imagination is being censored. You did. So this yeah. film you're making is super important. You know, you got to get, you know, because you, what happens with this kind of control, this mind game, this thing, you know, it comes back to Welcome to New York with the edits on that. It's like, dude, you cannot edit me. You cannot touch that fucking film because I can't edit myself. Otherwise, I'm already in a, in a self-censorship mode. You know, it's up to you, dude. You know, that's your gig, Gaspar. To like dream for everybody, to imagine all this shit, to come up with, to come up. If you're already thinking, oh, this is rated here, this is what I can show in China, this again. You know, it was funny because with these next movies, they used to say to me, even a pornographic film, they say, you know, in, in uh, England, you can show all the, um, 
You can be funny, and it should be funny, but you can't have violence. You can't have the sex with the violence. But in Japan, they love the sex and the violence. <laughs> they like the violence more, like more than anything else. They don't like shit being funny. They don't want this shit being funny. So don't be funny. But I said, dude, I'm going to be funny over in London, but I can't be funny in Tokyo. We're like, we shoot the violence, you know, we, we, you know, come on. But this is a constant, this is the constant battle, dude. I mean, you got to find your personal freedom, which is not also anyway. So, what do you think? What is what do you think is sexy in Saudi Arabia? What's a sexy movie there? I have no idea. I've never been there. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure the I'm sure there's a subgenre. <laughs> they don't even have movies there, so that's what. Sexy, you know. In a way, I'm proud. I I had never had a movie ban on my last movie that is very sweet. It was banned in Russia. I will, I wish it had been banned in in a more during country, but uh, I kind of was proud that the Minister of Culture said, no, this is never going to be released here. That, did you, uh, did you get banned? Great. Did you get banned for yeah, movies? Yeah, 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 all the time. It sounds good. Maybe it's bad for the guys who put the money, but it sounds good. You know, because, you know, back in the day, bro, you know, like the thing, when we did the film about Pasolini, these guys were not only, I mean, Pasolini, Hello, it's never even now been allowed to be shown. You think? I mean, hello, they wanted to burn a negative, which back then meant they were looking to destroy the film. Because you burn a negative back in 1975, that nigga, you know, that motherfucker is gone for good. You know, with less angle in Paris, they wanted to put fucking, um, you know, Brando in jail. If Brando came to Italy, he would have went to jail, okay? Never mind Bertolucci going. So, you know, never mind. Imagine making a film where your actor is going to go to jail. But now I got to go to Paris on November 10th and go to fucking court and have an inquiry with the judge about Welcome to New York. Seriously? You this? Yeah, absolutely. Seriously? Fucking Louis. That's what I'm talking before. Yeah, absolutely. November 10th. Uh, uh, uh. And it's not a court case yet. It's not... You know, so I got to go by myself, no, you know, none of our buddies, none of anybody else involved, and go with a lawyer that I have and go in front of a judge, and I don't know what the fuck the guy's going to ask me. No. Are you forced? Hey, are you forced to go? I'm getting go. I'm not forced to go. If I feel like going back to Paris, I mean, you know, I, I, I got the fucking police sending me fucking emails and calling my <laughs> lawyer and, and, you know, and a lawyer. Lawyers telling me I really recommend you go and show up. I mean, hey, I want to fucking it's an inquiry. What are you gonna do? I mean, it's a sleazy. I mean, you know, I don't want to think about his life. But I'm making movies, dude. You know, what I mean, I, I I don't get the point. I mean, I'm a filmmaker. I'm not, you know, this. I'm not a that film's not a documentary, and I don't give a fuck about the guy, other than you know. Hey, I could relate to the newspapers, right? I could relate to the TV. Or what do I gotta do? Make films about Donald Duck. What the fuck am I supposed to do? You know, again, trying to censor me, trying to, you know, trying to, you know, trying to put everybody in the fucking box, put your imagination in the box. Well, I cannot think about, you know, I wake up in New York, the front page of the news is about this event. I'm supposed to what? Eradicate that from my mind when I think of a movie to make it to mine. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, our idol, Pasolini, he was, he was going to court almost every year. For one reason, for another, 
the, the, the Larry no, Cotta, you know, that, that short film Larry Cotta with Orson Welles went to court and over and over and but for insulting the church and yeah. the, the cross and. You know, the 40th anniversary is uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is the day he's killed. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're having all these crazy things here for, on on Monday. I get the second. I always forget the day he was killed on All Souls Day. Did you know that? On what? All Souls Day is like Halloween. It's like the feast of. of that. And there's one crazy guy who was trying to tell me that this was planned, that he was going to kill, have himself killed. He wanted to do it when All Souls Day, this you know the, the, the holiday of 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 death, you know, of the spirit of the fucking mm. ghost, you know, mm. fell on a Sunday, mm. right? That this was totally planned by Pierre Powell. I mean, this is just coming from one crazy friend of his. Mm. And he waited till he, he waited five years. He was going to do five years before when Sunday fell on on All Souls Day, and then he. <laughs> It's crazy. Man. There, there was a, uh, an interview of the guy who was accused of killing him uh, in that in that French magazine called Sophie and the and the the interview of this guy was really creepy. I met him. We uh, interviewed him too. I interviewed him too. Pelosi. Huh? We met him. I met him. I met him huh? when we when we talked to the movie. Huh? We had a crazy interview with him too. Huh? We went to this cafe in the middle of nowhere. Right? Listen to this. Huh? So my guys here going, ah, oh, let's not meet him. He's a gangster, but but you know he's like a little fucking career criminal. You know he's been in jail for thirty years, not just for Pasolini, for a, a bunch of shit, right? So we go to the cafe we're supposed to meet him, and he's out in an orange jumpsuit, right? Because when he gets paroled from jail, they give him a job like cleaning the side of the highway. <laughs> right? So now I know what this guy looks like. He's like, you know, like the way I know what Mickey Mouse looks like, you know, because I've seen all the videos, all the tapes, all the pictures, you know, we research. and there he is standing outside waving to me like, hey, you know, wow, we're going to meet, you know, and we sit and, uh, you know, we start talking. <laughs> it was good. So we go into a cafe, right? No one's there, you know, like nobody's even behind the bar. So the place is open. It's like a real sketchy kind of joint. And, you know, he goes, you want coffee? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, coffee. He goes in the back, he makes the coffee. You know, we get, <laughs> we're going to get water. We go next door to get water from another place. Anyway, so, um, and, you know, I, he's told the story so many fucking times. I don't think the guy himself even remembers. You know, it's yeah. become such a fantasy for him. And he's yeah. told it so many times. I, you know, I wasn't even really interested. You know, I was more interested. And in also, 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 all memories are rewritten. You know, you recreate your memories in order to feel better. So they say that all these like traumas from your childhood are just reinvented to justify the the problems of the present time. So uh, you know, memories, you rewrite them and you believe that they they, they were real. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, the guy's a hustler, so what's real and what's not real doesn't matter. Plus, he's getting money every time he comes up with a different story. <laughs> so anyway, Adding details. So I, offered him, yeah, I offered him, like, money. I didn't want to ask him about the murder, right? I'm asking him, like, well, what cigarettes did you guys smoke? Where, you know, he claimed, actually, he knew Pasolini for a month. His story was... Um, 
that everybody who knew Gobbly was not with them anymore, you know, because they were all street guys, kind of, and they were kind of like, you know, seeing if they were just hustling a guy, you know, he was a rich guy who they were fucking hustling. And he met the guy at Tibertina train station a month before, and he was seeing the guy. But I also met a guy who was a professor at a university who had been seeing this Pelosi all the time, picking him up, you know? Because they used to, they used to have this place by the, the, you know the train station in Rome? Yeah, I know. Yeah, the main okay. station. So right out front. Okay, and, and naturally, you know, me imagining it is some sleazy, junky place. But it wasn't. They said, no, this is the only place that gay cats could come It was very festive, very wonderful. All the intellectuals would come. The police wouldn't bother anybody. It was the one place the gay guys could go, you know? And it was like a real, totally the opposite of what I'd filmed. <laughs> you know, it was like a, a cool joint. And everybody would come and it was, you know, because it was 1975, it was very uptight for them. Then they would take the, but then, Later at night, this is 75, like Rome is like really an open, you know, open city, right? Bertocita. They would take the kids in the Colosseum. They would break into the Colosseum, right? And all these rich guys, you know, the guys, Pasolini went every night. And they would sit up in the path, in his ups, you know, where, where the, you know, the fucking senator sat. And in the middle, the kids would walk around naked in the middle of the Colosseum, in the middle of the night. Can you imagine this? We, I mean, we should have shot that, but we never, we didn't get that. <laughs> you know, that was another one of those stories. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. yeah there, there are some stories about Pasolini when he came to New York that are quite funny. That he was all the time in yeah. the Bronx, hanging out with black guys. Yeah, when he came, they, they had a big thing for him at the Museum of Modern Art. Okay, and they did this about art, you know, with our reputations and not showing up, coming late or whatever. Had this big fucking deal. He goes as the guest of honor at the Museum of Modern Art, 1969. He stays for 10 fucking minutes. Blows these people totally fucking off. All these big VIPs from Middle East and that. Just blows them the fuck off. Goes up to, um, goes to fucking Harlem. I knew the guy who was supposed to be taking care of him. The dude was like 21 years old at the time. He says the guy disappeared for like two days. He ended up with a bunch of Black Panthers. <laughs> and, and, and you can imagine, this skinny little Italian guy couldn't speak a word of fucking English. He's up in Harlem in 1968. Is like <laughs> looking to get fucking laid. You know what I mean? What is it? It's... And then Zeffirelli told me his story. He went to India with him, right? So Zeffirelli was saying... It was the worst trip, man. You know, like the planes were late, the this is late, the, the train wasn't there, blah, blah, blah. So it takes two days of travel. They're traveling for 36 hours, 40 hours. He says, but when we got there, we got there at two o'clock in the morning to the most beautiful hotel I ever saw in my life. So Zeffirelli naturally goes into the, and has a bath and gets in the bath. He says, Pasolini, he just put his bags down and took off into the fucking night. I mean, he's somewhere in the middle of India, never been there in his freaking life. Just, he said, the dude didn't come back for like two days. He says, we were fucking worried. We didn't even know where to fucking look for him. And he said, he came back, he says, man, I had the time of my fucking life. <laughs> you, know, you know, the guy never gave it up. That was his deal. He was an adventure. You know, every night, 10 o'clock, bang. 
got in his car and off to the fucking races. And it wasn't anything underhanded, sleazy, anything. That was his life. And everybody knew it. Everybody was cool with it. And that's the way it went, man. You know. But guys, I gotta go. So Gaspar, man. tell me something. You know, hey, everybody uh, hey. go see Gaspar's man. You gotta go to the fucking uh, theater. You know, they're selling Trojans and fucking shit at the fucking cafe there, you know. What kind of people are coming to this movie? Are they wearing raincoats? Are they coming to jerk off? What? Uh, all kind of guys, but the girls like it better. All right, guys, I don't want to... So, have, have a nice day. And see, okay. see you soon in Paris. This is Nick Dawson from TalkHouse Film, and you've been listening to Abel Ferrara and Gaspar Noe on the TalkHouse Film podcast. And, as Abel says... Go see love in 3D on the big screen. It's quite an experience. This episode was engineered and edited by Elliot Einhorn. For more filmmakers talking film and TV, visit thetalkhouse.com slash film. Subscribe to TalkHouse Film and TalkHouse Music Podcasts on iTunes, where you can find all our previous episodes. And while you're there, please rate and review if you can. Guys, let me just... Look at your fucking sorry asses for watching home.